Hello everyone, this is Kay Walker from Our Empowered Voices. My podcast partner, Sandy Evenson and I, are a podcast work in progress to bring you stories of women in their empowerment journey. Sandy and I have known each other for a while and have joined forces in a mission to boldly guide women through the transformation of owning their power. We are both transformational coaches and speakers showing up in the world to teach and share what it means to embrace and carry our personal power. In today's segment, we focus on Sandy's journey and how she got to where she is today. But please note, this session was recorded in 2019 before the world changed. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy. Hi, Sandy. Hey, Kay. On today's show, I'll be talking with Sandy and bringing out some of her background through questions and back and forth dialogue about who she is and how she found herself where she is today. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Kay. So to start out, Sandy, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, maybe who you are today, and what you're doing in the world, maybe in business, any personal pieces you want to share with us, you know, what what comes to mind? Oh, goodness. Um, that, first of all, I am immersed in this whole world of personal empowerment. And um, I'm one of those people that has spent a good portion of my life seeking the personal development and um, getting involved with becoming a coach was uh, transformational for me. And it's been really fun to be just immersed in this with my coaching, speaking. And, you know, what I'm doing is uh, really the success-minded clients that I've had so far and that I meet every day are just people who are overwhelmed, frustrated with life. Uh, Mostly mature women, uh, some men, there's a few, but a lot of women especially. I think that's why you and I came together um, to share all of this because there are people just out there struggling with life. And whether it's personal or professional, And, you know, it can be around finances, health and wellness, weight gain, relationships. Oh, my gosh, there's just so much. And and recently, I have a lot of people in the health and wellness realm. But, you know, just showing them how to uncover those hidden emotional blocks that have kept them stuck. Yeah. They say to me, there's something missing. And they're starting to realize it's them. They've spent their lives, most of them, doing, doing, doing for everybody else. And we find a lot of us have so much in common. You might have caregiving going on. You might have uh, family issues, that sandwich generation, elder parents and, and grandchildren, and lots of things like that. And they're looking for joy. I always tell me peace and joy. So, you know, what I do in the work is 
help them recapture that, mm -hmm. that inner spark. And it takes doing the inner work. And they're ready. They're people who have really tried other ways on their own or a lot of times seeking and they're stuck and we realize you can't do it on your own and you need you need help and so like you and I know as coaches we have to go through a lot of it ourselves experience a lot of this in order to hold that space for someone else so um, I never thought that I would find something that was I was so passionate about like this that I would do for free <laughs> um, because it is such an amazing process and, and when, what I mean by that is I uh, just over a year ago I retired as a longtime hairdresser hair colorist and that was something that I love so much I could have done it for free as well um, and when I looked at how am I going to transition because I felt strong enough, healthy enough to stand behind that chair, keeping America beautiful one head at a time, uh, arms in the air and enjoying it. But I felt I wanted something more, which yeah. is what a lot of our clients want. They do. I wanted something more and I wanted also freedom. I wanted time to be able to eventually do more writing and maybe travel and just enjoy life a little bit more uh, and, but still give back. I, I wanted a way that I could give as well, but also needed some income coming in. Sure. So this whole idea of the um, personal power coaching just fits, fits so well. Yeah. And, you know, just so, been amazing. So, so Sandy, but what I also want to know is this something missing. We, we, we all feel this. I think that's part of all of our stories. Mm -hmm. But do you remember, can you go back even farther than, than being a successful hairdresser, making America beautiful one mm -hmm. head at a time? You came into that from somewhere, and you came yeah. into that piece before that from somewhere. Can, <laughs> can, yeah. you, can you go back just a little bit and tell us, when you remember searching or something was missing, I mean, we all have that, but when do you mm -hmm. remember it was big? Yeah. Um, it, it ha I think it, it definitely happens throughout our lives. And, you know, I learn more and more. Uh, the further back you go, the more ahas, divine ahas you have, if you go back and you really look. But um, coming into... Uh, hairdressing was just a phenomenal uh, it, it's almost like a happy mistake you know um, necessity and I was actually in the army right after high school uh, wow. so I was 18 from 18 to 21 I was in the army and uh, I realized that I reinvented myself then because I've been this shy little girl, um, uh, kind of told to, that she couldn't do things. She was too weak, too small. Don't don't do those things. And uh, so that was a discovery there, and uh, it was a phenomenal experience. And then 
I met my uh, husband and decided to move in with him. Uh, we lived together for six years before we got married. And I literally realized that I had put that girl I had discovered away and spent the rest of my time paying attention to what he wanted and what, where our lives would go would be on his trajectory. Um, and that's a, you know, a long story short about the issues that were around that. Um, so, you know, he uh, has passed on now and I'm in a whole new life uh, with a, a wonderful man and rediscovering that girl again. Yes. And it's phenomenal if you can do this kind of process that we work with to discover the spark that's there. Right. No, you know, and I, I found this space within me that I didn't know existed. I just kind of put that away. Mm -hmm. And um, when that starts coming around, you have all these different issues that pop up, like um, some grief around the loss of who you were and what might have been. Um, so I think right. that happens for all, all of us in different times in our life. Right. We, th there, there are. And so as if we were to talk about a couple of things, and if we were to, one of, the, one of our themes has been looking at the hero's journey mm -hmm. and bringing that to women. Yes. Because it's been mentored to us from a masculine standpoint. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that we have more words and phrases. We have our perspective, our filter on that. Yes. And so in that hero's journey, we also do, um, so, so we, so, so we're on the path and, and we're in a chapter and then that chapter ends and then we start a new one. And it's, and it's what you said, we're, we're coming through, we're looking for something, we're, and, and we can look back and identify maybe where we were on that, on that journey, if, if we were in that, mm, not exactly a poor me, but I'm going to do things for other people, you know, mm -hmm. you've seen that in all the animated stories. Absolutely. And then, so we work through a chapter and we come up with a new idea or we come up with a new feeling and we can move on to the next chapter. And there is that grief of leaving it and not sure, that self-doubt of moving ahead. Do you, do you have a specific example of an ending and a beginning on this journey? Yeah, I, you know, because a lot of us also repeat the chapters you know, <laughs> in a different way, you know, different players, different uh, characters. And so uh, for me, uh, it, it was a, a realization that I had just sort of poured myself out, people pleasing, as you will, um, trying to avoid. I didn't like confrontation. And I was always so afraid of that. And so I think the big aha for me, and actually it was going through the coaching um, training and going through it myself and, and diving deeper. When 
I kept saying that my heart was broken and I, uh, I, I just felt that I had lost so much of where our marriage could have been as, as he went down the, a dark hole of trying to deal with PTSD and uh, addictions and depression, all sorts of stuff. And then uh, dementia. I was in this place of, oh, dear God, please help me. I can't take it anymore. And I think when you finally get to a place of saying, I have no control, mm. you release something because that's when things started to shift, even though I was in dire straits trying to figure things out. Um, this aha awareness of, I am better than that and I deserve better. Yeah. I reached a point of my heart was broken, but it broke open. Mm -hmm. Ready to receive. Mm -hmm. Ready to be me again. So, I mean, that's been a process over the last uh, couple, few years of really rediscovering that. And, and um, once I did that, the whole world opened up. I discovered this amazing path for me to become a coach yeah, and be coached um, and the process of all of that and opened up to my new relationship, which has been miraculously magical and amazing right. and absolutely loving this new business and, um, so passionate about wanting to get this information out and this journey. So, so Sandy, when you, when you came to that point, when you came to that low point or that bottom point in the trough mm -hmm. and said, you know, surrender, that, that takes a lot of courage. You might not have thought of it as courage, but mm -hmm. you looking back, can you see it? Did it take what, did you have to be yeah. brave? Was there courage there? Yes, yes. And it took a long time to figure that out, that that, that was there. Because uh -huh. when you're, you know, when these things that have been stuck in you for so long, which really started back when I was a little child, uh, mm -hmm. when you start to see that, uh, the processes each time you, you it's like an onion layer upon layer of aha moments uh, and you look back at it and you say well darn right I had courage I stood in there and I, I did what I could do and um, going through the processes that we use in the visualizations and things that's when I really saw that I could rise up from this little, I'm too small to do anything, too weak to do anything, rise up. And it is that hero's journey when you look at it. It's, it's, you just keep being beaten down and beaten down and taking it and taking it. And eventually, and I, and I don't even mean in a physical way, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing, uh, that eventually enough's enough. And it's usually because you got to help someone else or you're finally tired exactly. of yourself being down there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I have to go somewhere else than here. But, yeah. along, but along with that realization and along with 
the courage to start taking those steps. I have found, and I wonder if you have found, that there is courage to feel what you feel. So a lot of times there's mm -hmm. rage in there yes. Yes. from where you've been. It's to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's to another person. Right. Generally, in the end, it comes yes. back to yourself. Why didn't I do that? And going through, yeah. but having the courage and the bravery to to be able to express that emotion, that rage. Yeah. To that's the mm -hmm. some of our teachers have talked about that, and they talk about that that rage and at ourselves, and then coming into that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. of, and, and surrender right, that we right. sometimes talk about. And mm -hmm. that is one of the phrases that comes out is heart of a lion. That's our heart of uh -huh. a lion on this journey. Right. That we're right. good enough to see where we need to go, that we want it, that we feel it, and that we can express where we've been. And part of that is that grief that you talked about. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I find that <clears throat> uh, uh, um, several clients and people that I know uh, have trouble going there. They're afraid of what they're going to find. And so using a process to help them literally get down into their body, which didn't make any sense to me or a lot of people. Like, what do you mean in my, my body? But the body keeps the score. In fact, that's a title of a book. Right. about how everything that we go through, every emotion gets stored somewhere. And our nervous system runs with all of these reactions to things. And we might not even understand why. Like for instance, a woman could get on an elevator and a man could come in and he's wearing a cologne that's exactly like a man in her past, maybe even her father or an ex, and it freaks her out and she doesn't know why, but mm -hmm. that smell triggers something. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many times when we go, <gasps> but we don't know what it's for. And That's when true. you can take that journey and start looking at what, right. what be curious about it. And so what that is. when that happens and you, move, I call it moving out of your body, but you, mm -hmm. but you go to that old place of what it reminds you of, of that emotions mm -hmm. that are flooding your system. So if you were, were working with someone or working with me and you said, let's work with this and I'm going to ask you to start getting present in mm -hmm. your body. Let's just start getting, what, can you describe that? Can you also tell us how you bring a person to breathe, to get present in their right. body. Right. So um, we're usually walking around with a lot of thoughts in our head all the time. And we call it spinning, you know, it's just lots of stuff going on. And to be able to get out of that, the first thing is breathing. But to really take a very deep, all the way down, actually holding it and releasing. And I, I ask that they just imagine breathing right down into their heart. 
It's as if the heart is breathing. And to visualize that into their body, breathing deeply. And then I actually tell them to feel their feet, to think about their feet, because grounding and thinking about their feet or the energy of the earth, sort of imagining the red lava of the core of the earth coming up and touching the bottom of their feet and anchoring them there, even seeing a pool of that around their feet and to literally just think about their body parts. And sometimes they still quite can't get there. And I'll just say, well, I know that you can't do it, but if you could, what would you feel? Because we're looking for the feeling in the body. Where are they registering things? Is it in the gut, for instance? Have upset stomach or nauseous? Is it in the heart? Is the chest beating or chest? Is the heart beating faster and the and uh, shortness of breath? Any of those things? Where's the physical uncomfort? First of all, lower back pain or neck issues, and then the emotions that might be under that. If that heart could talk to you, what is it saying? And they really still sometimes, okay, let's just keep breathing. Feel your feet again. If you could guess what's under that issue, what do you feel? And a lot of times it's like, um, maybe sadness. Yeah. Uh, the other day a woman said to me, it's anger. She knew, you know, and what happens is if you can just get present even for a second, and if you practice this yourself at home, it's literally just holding that breath longer. You can count, but just breathing it in deeper and deeper. And if you get back in your head again, you just keep breathing. And things will come to you that you hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, the other day, uh, I had some lower back pain and I just was in the shower with the hot water on it beating against that. And I just started talking to the pain <laughs> uh -huh. and then doing a little of what we call tapping at the same time. So, okay, guys, get a picture of that. <laughs> Got water beating against my back and I'm tapping in the shower thinking, okay, it's going to just wash some of my issues away. And I just said, you know, okay, all this pain, all this pain. What's, what is this pain? Now, I know that lodged in that area is fear. Our kidney area holds fear. It's been an issue for me my whole life. I said, okay, fear, what are you trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. And I said, I know you've got my back. And I went, oh, my God, you've literally got my back. But I just kept doing that a little bit and getting down into that, focusing on that precise spot, breathing into it. Okay, fear. This is an old reptilian method, I think, from caveman days, and uh, we need a new way. I got this. I'm okay. I got out of the shower without any pain. Wow. So that's a physical thing, but there's a lot of emotional stuff that we deal with all the time. And allowing ourselves to go there. Because if you're in your head and you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe they said that to me. 
even if somebody cut you off in traffic, by the end of the day, you've got all this stuff there. And so if you can let go of it, just start breathing. That's the first, the first thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Coming into your body and just noticing, even noticing why you don't want to be there. Right. I don't want to be here. And so then you go, you go out just like you said. Yeah. And then come back in and notice Mm-hmm. what that is and why you don't want to be there and yes. just with the breath staying there yes. a moment longer. And there's no power in your brain that's going to do it. Uh, we, in our, in our world, especially personal development, we do a lot of upper level thinking, meditation, all sorts of prayer even. And that's great. We need that. We, we love it. But until we get down, nothing's going to come through. It's blocked. It's stuck there. And we feel these jolts to our system when something that, that energy that's coming up hits a block. Mm-hmm. And it might hit you in your gut or hit you in your heart. And you're trying to keep it down and it's pushing through, pushing through. And until you can get down and look at it, and get curious about it. And of course, be in a safe environment, like with a personal coach or in this podcast environment, we are in a sort of a sacred realm for people to open up and be vulnerable and and allow each other to share things that happen in life. That's right. Yeah, and that's so important. There's so many aspects to this, mm-hmm. where we are, how we go look at those shadow pieces, yeah. how we want to be, how, how we get practice. It's, it's that same old adage, be careful what you ask for, because as we, come, <laughs> as we come into the work, the inner work, the emotional inner work, and one of our shadows and one of the big things that we work on is anger. So we work with that, but you know, anger takes practice to know how you feel, to let it move, to know how to respond, to understand your own power and control. So not, not pushing it down. There's a fine line between pushing that anger down and not letting it come up and knowing it as a companion and that Mm -hmm. if you need it, it's there. That's right. That can be a long time practice. Yeah, because the other side, there's always the light and the dark. And the other side of that is passion. So, you know, the anger and the passion have the same energy. It's all energy. And uh, I, I am so grateful for the coaches that I've had. Uh, it was um, still during, I think I was just certified as a coach and um, had a one-on-one where I was encouraged. She said, Sandy, you've got to do that anger tapping. I want you to really go over the top and do that out of bounds, crazy, and have the conversation. Uh, my husband at that time was, was very ill. And uh, the, I don't know, it was probably even a month before he passed. But she said, if you don't do this with this anger, 
you're going to have a lot harder time grieving. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So she said, have the dialogue. Start to build up the anger at him and, and what you just talked to him. And then yourself and all the anger at yourself. Mm-hmm. You could have, would have, should have, should have been smarter, whatever. And then she said, I think there's some anger at God. And I went, what? <laughs> I'm pretty much the, um, you know, free will, you know, person. And I, I hadn't thought about that, whether it's God or the universe or the force. Uh, she said, yeah. She said, you asked for help and you didn't get it. I went, oh, okay. So I had an opportunity, Kay. Uh-huh. I had in the morning, I could leave him for a short period in the morning. It was a day off and I had caregivers otherwise. And um, I drove over to the store, just, you know, it's five minutes away. And so I started. And first of all, I, I, I have a hard time with that. You know, I, and I think a lot of us women, I'm not an angry person. I don't want to get angry. But I got in the car and I started driving away and I just, sort of took the side of my hand on the steering wheel and and used that and started. I couldn't get loud very much at first, you know, Mm -hmm. but I started the conversation and got a little bit louder. And I'm pretty much like, um, his name was Dennis. So I was like, damn you, Dennis, you didn't get a hold of yourself. You couldn't handle your demons. You couldn't handle your addictions, your alcoholism. And why wouldn't you go get help for the PTSD, blah, 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 blah. I tried to help and you wouldn't, you know, and ah. So, and I got louder and louder. I looked to the right and there's a police car. I looked to the left, there's another person at the light and I'm just tapping on my face and I'm sure they're thinking, okay, there's a crazy person in the room, in the car. But got through the light and I was by myself again and actually down Tree Line Street before I got to the store and I got louder. And I'm yelling about myself and and how blind I was and how, oh my God, and all those things. I'm really going to town. And then I get to the God issue and I got louder than I ever have in my entire life. I mean, I literally was screaming banshee loud, screaming. Why didn't you help me that kind of stuff? And I feel horrible. This has just been terrible, blah, blah, blah. It's in the space of like five minutes. I mean, it wasn't really long, but I parked the car at the store, turned the engine off, and I swear, the energy was like electricity running from my body, through my feet, all the way. I couldn't put my arms down. I sat in the car with them kind of shaking a little bit. And I said, okay, shake it off, shake it off. And I thought, this is what they're talking about. Oh, my God. That has been lodged in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got home about 10 minutes later, not, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, and I had more patience. Uh-huh. And when you deal with an Alzheimer, or not, and not Alzheimer's, but just dementia, mm-hmm. it's a child. And, and it's like speaking to a little child. And I, I literally had more patience. Now, it didn't mean I didn't have to go off to the sink and wash one dish while I tapped at the same time. I'm so frustrated. I just fixed something to eat for him the fourth time in 20 minutes. But it's just, it's a release. And since then, I've done a lot of work around that, around 
my past and my parents when I was young, all mm -hmm. that stuff. Because as an adult, I take on this, well, they did the best they knew how. Well, no, you were a kid and you were missing something. So there's just a lot there to deal with. And when you come through that and you have the passion behind it. Yeah. And what you said, the word courage, I love how the word rage is in it. it that, that hero's journey you talked about, you got to stand up, put your foot down whether it's setting a boundary or doing something really, really courageous. I don't it, know. I think it's it crazy, but it's wonderful. And it's that energy in us. And, th and through this, and through this journey, we do get angry. People do make us mad. We look back. We look back at our parents. The thing that I always talk with my people and my coaches and my clients about is that this is our energy in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. It's reflected on someone else. But as we work with this and as we scream about it and let it move, actually move through our system mm -hmm. so that it can be released or so that we can see it, feel it, acknowledge it. Right. This is our energy. Yes. We are not, we are not in a state of complaining. We are not in a state of attacking another person. There's a, there's a perception here that's important. There's an intention here that's important because this is ours. We're doing our work. Mm -hmm. It has to do with what we've, what we've bought, what we've learned, what we've taken in. It's not a problem. We think it's a problem, but we're not attacking that other person. So as we do this, right, and as you go through that anger, as grief is part of it, and we have the courage, there's another word that I want to start bringing in to this as we go through, not only today, but as we go through later, and that word is resilience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, this allows us to start working with and that resilience is really how we want to be. These things happen. We go through them. We need to go through these experiences, have the emotional experience. And now how do we want to be? What is that choice? Yeah. With resilience, you always have an option or more than one option, right? Right. And when you uh, experience this, in this way you 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 have more space between you and the other person um, you could be having an issue with someone at work or in your family and you do some uh, of this work before you see them mm -hmm. things become more of a conversation than a confrontation and the other person is totally different the energy between you is different it's true. And you'll find, I, I've seen this over and over again, the people that you didn't really want around you and you were worried, okay, I got to go to this meeting or this gathering and they're going to be there. Suddenly they're on the edge of the room. They're not even coming close to you. It's just bizarre. But you start to open up that energy channel and radiate. Mm-hmm. 
And we talk about manifesting and that resiliency that we have to manifest. It's not that it's always just coming to you. It's attracted to you. You're a magnet because of this radiating of this energy inside of you. When you get that heavy, even the air hurts kind of feeling in the world and you just can't take it anymore and you can open that up and feel this spectacular energy inside yes your whole world changes and uh, being radiant that's true is powerful and staying open to that coming into a mindset coming into to wanting to be open mm-hmm. to that and see what happens and i call that i call that part of the energy magic yeah. I find energy magic. Yes. And that's just my just the way that I describe it. I love and, that. And so what I have heard and am working with is magic is the next thing that wants to happen. So you're open mm-hmm. to it. You're still in control. Yet you don't have to make something happen. You know what you want. You know what the intention is. Mm -hmm. And if you can get out of your own way to allow that, then magic can happen. And you're aware of it. You're in full, full control of you and your choices. Yeah. But you get to see it come through and feel it. Uh, And and the feeling is amazing. And choose it. And when you, um, if you ever get that thing where you're saying, I, I should have this, I should have done that, I could have, I would have, yeah. that's the inner critic. And when the inner critic is around, you're in your head. <laughs> sure. And if you can recognize that and know that the magic is below, uh, knowing that the inner critic is there to protect you actually, like, oh, don't go there, you know what happened last time or something. But if you can really recognize it, take that deep breath again. And maybe just, okay, where's the magic today? I need the magic. <laughs> Show it to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you listen, they will speak. That's uh, the other part of my magic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I choose to listen, mm-hmm. I'll generally hear something. That I can dialogue about. Oh, right. right. Let's negotiate that one. Well, gosh, I um, recently in this last year have been learning more and more about who's speaking, <laughs> uh-huh. all the voices. And in another coaching process, uh, uh, we were learning to identify, you know, give your voices names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I literally. The last time I checked, I had 16. (laughs) And it's not like you're a multiple personality. Nope. But each of the things, these emotions that come to us, uh, have their own identity. And they step up. And, And sometimes, if we're not paying attention, they're kind of like knocking at the door, like, pay attention to me. Yes. And we ignore it, then something else comes. And so it might be some, uh, 
frustration and we push it away and anger comes and we push it away. Well, now self-doubt comes and it's like, knock, knock, knock. And what I have learned so to be true, if you don't pay attention to all these voices and start to actually identify them and talk to them, and that this can be a whole uh, other topic that we spend the entire hour on one day. But if you don't, you know they're stored in your body somewhere. Yes, they're in your head talking to you, but what they're feeling is in your body. Yes. And it's going to show up in some kind of illness or injury or some kind of discomfort in some way. And uh-huh. A lot of the women I'm talking to now that I'm coaching, that's where they are. And um, working with other uh, experts for their food and everything else that they need in their wellness wrapping this emotional fitness into it yes is how they're coming out of it oh my god it's just so exciting to see but i I'm, i used to tell people years ago and okay i'm back in my hairdressing world and I, I, I would say to women look if you don't start paying attention to yourself your body's going to take you down now i used to think i'd get the flu And then I started one by one watching them get cancer. Many of them are not here today because they gave and gave and gave and they weren't listening to those voices. So when you say listen and the answer comes, sometimes it's not so positive. It's like comes at you negative first. But when you grab it and you get curious, it's like, why do I feel this? And the magic comes underneath Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. There's always a light side to that dark. There is. And it's that what we talked about a little bit ago is getting present in your body and being curious, recognizing how you're feeling, knowing how you want to feel, starting to make choices, starting to become more resilient with technique. Yes. And that resiliency again, tell me more about how you feel about resilience. How do you describe that? I'd, I'd really like, more in depth on, I mean, I know what I feel when I feel it, but I'd like your analogy. Well, mine mostly comes from background. Mm-hmm. The, the resilience for me is a choice. So when I'm in a, in a low place and I don't really want to be there, I can be present and I can look at that. Yeah, you know what? I'm pissed right now. And no thanks. I don't want to shift. I know it would be a lot more pleasant to shift, but I don't want to take that energy. This is where I am. I want this to flow. I will tend to give myself permission to stay there for five minutes, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. And just giving myself permission to feel it. And then how is it serving me? So I don't analyze it all the time, but I do allow myself just to be there and let it work through my system. Yeah. And then I'll tend to come into more of a neutral place and then I'll notice a shift. Last week, it took all week. <laughs> I do have well, to say. I'm always I do so, have so, to say. <laughs> it's so shocking when, uh, you know, you do all this work and you're feeling so good and then suddenly, bam. And I, I swear, I, 
I'm learning so much just this past week. Uh, because last week I had something like that. It, it wasn't that it lasted that long, but it came out so freaking loud. And yes. I, you know, if I had listened when it started, the little bitty whisper, I could have controlled it. I could have said, okay, I got to sit with this. And I didn't. So when I tried to keep it from coming out, it didn't help. It came out. And, you know, I, I was just, then you shift from, you know, I was in a poor me state and it literally, uh, you know, sounded like a three-year-old. I want to go. I want to do this. And so when that all came out, then it was like, now I'm really embarrassed and ashamed of what I did. Now I got to go through the whole process of clearing that up. Yeah. And if you can find that little bit first. Um, and, it, and sometimes you do have to sit with it for a lot longer. You know, I'm, particularly for me, there, there's been some waves of grief that will be like little, mm -hmm. just little kind of calm waves. And then just recently a big one hit and I had to sit with that. Mm -hmm. And I thought I would through it. And then I was actually with a coach of mine and had to spend that whole time with that again. Yeah. Um, and wow, you know what she came up with? She came up with that courage and that hero uh, that you're talking about today. And I went, yeah. oh my gosh, she was there. She was the one who wanted to be recognized. That part of me that was so courageous for all of those years. Yeah. Just needed to be acknowledged. Yeah. So um, that's what we mean by curious, right? When you can, yeah. like, something comes at you one way, can be totally different than what you think it is. That's true. And, and all of this, for me, is a dance. Mm. It's a dance, and I'm learning the steps. Yeah. And sometimes I flow nicely, and sometimes I even flow with all that's happening. It's very... It's valuable to me. Mm -hmm. Last week was valuable mm -hmm. to me. And it, it is a dance. Yeah, it's finding the gift behind the pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and a lot of time, what do you mean by that? How can there be a gift here? That's and, right. Uh, there is. <laughs> There's always a for gift. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I know for me, I would not be where I am today without that whole journey and particularly the last several years of that journey now I'd never <laughs> be where I am today feeling the joy <laughs> right. so Sandy thank you we are going to have to get into more of that mm -hmm. so I'm going to have more questions for you we'll go back and forth this is the beginning of us working through this dialoguing this is our what we call our K and Sandy empowerment channel. Absolutely. And on this empowerment channel, this is where we, this is where we boldly guide women, people, men, through the transformation of owning their power. It's going to take on a lot of faces. Ah, that's brilliant. I but love it's that. our endeavor to guide people through this. Mm -hmm. This was fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing today. You're so welcome. I love sharing. Yes. Good. All right. Until next time.
we'll sign off through Sayonara. the transformation <laughs> of owning our power. Own it. <laughs> nice. Thank bye. you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Hi, Sandy. Hey, Kay. On today's show, I'll be talking with Sandy and bringing out some of her background through questions and back and forth dialogue about who she is and how she found herself where she is today. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, so, Kay. So to start out, Sandy, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, maybe who you are today, and what you're doing in the world, maybe in business, any personal pieces you want to share with us, you know, what, what comes to mind? Oh, goodness. Um, that, first of all, I am immersed in this whole world of personal empowerment. And um, I'm one of those people that has spent a good portion of my life seeking the personal development and um, getting involved with becoming a coach was uh, transformational for me. And it's been really fun to be just immersed in this with my coaching, speaking. And you know, what I'm doing is uh, really the, Success-minded clients that I've had so far and that I meet every day are just people who are overwhelmed, frustrated with life, uh, mostly mature women, uh, some men, there's a few, but a lot of women especially. And I think that's why you and I came together um, to share all of this because there are people just out there struggling with life and whether it's personal or professional. And, you know, it can be around finances, health and wellness, weight gain, relationships. Oh, my gosh, there's just so much. And, and recently, I have a lot of people in the health and wellness realm. But, you know, just showing them how to uncover those hidden emotional blocks that have kept them stuck. Yeah. And they say to me, there's something missing. And they're starting to realize it's them. They've spent their lives, most of them, doing, doing, doing for everybody else. And we find a lot of us have so much in common. You might have caregiving going on. You might have uh, family issues, that sandwich generation, of elder yeah. parents and, and grandchildren, and lots of things like that. And they're looking for joy, I always tell me, peace and joy. So, you know, what I do in the work is help them recapture that, mm -hmm. that inner spark. And it takes doing the inner work. And they're ready. They're people who have really tried other ways on their own or a lot of times seeking and they're stuck. And we realize you can't do it on your own and you need, you need help. And so like you and I know, as coaches, we have to go through a lot of it ourselves, experience a lot of this. 
in order to hold that space for someone else. So um, I never thought that I would find something that was, I was so passionate about like this that I would do for free <laughs> um, because it is such an amazing process. And, and when, what I mean by that is I, uh, just over a year ago, I retired as a longtime hairdresser, hair colorist. And that was something that I loved so much. I could have done it for free as well. Um, and when I looked at how am I going to transition because I felt strong enough, healthy enough to stand behind that chair, keeping America beautiful one hat at a time, uh, arms in the air, and enjoying it. But I felt I wanted something more, which yeah. is what a lot of our clients want. They do. I wanted something more, and I wanted also freedom. I wanted time to be able to eventually do more writing and maybe travel and just enjoy life a little bit more, uh, and, but still give back. I, I wanted a way that I could give as well, but also needed some income coming in. Sure. So this whole idea of the um, personal power coaching just fits, fits so well. Yeah. And, you know, just so, been amazing. So, so Sandy, but what I also want to know is this something missing. We, we, we all feel this. I think that's part of all of our stories. Mm -hmm. But do you remember, can you go back even farther than, than being a successful hairdresser, making America beautiful one mm -hmm. head at a time? You came into that from somewhere and you came yeah. into that piece before that from somewhere. Can, <laughs> can, yeah. you, can you go back just a little bit and tell us, when you remember searching or something was missing, I mean, we all have that, but when do you uh -huh. remember it was big? Yeah. Um, it, it, I think it, it definitely happens throughout our lives. And, you know, I learn more and more. Uh, the further back you go, the more ahas, divine ahas you have, if you go back and you really look. But um, coming into... Uh, hairdressing was just a phenomenal, uh, it, it's almost like a happy mistake, you know, um, necessity. And I was actually in the army right after high school. Uh, wow. So I was 18, from 18 to 21, I was in the army. And uh, I realized that I reinvented myself then. Because mm -hmm. I've been this shy little girl, um, uh, kind of told to, that she couldn't do things. She was too weak, too small. Don't don't do those things. And uh, so that was a discovery there, and uh, it was a phenomenal experience. And then I met my uh, husband and decided to move in with him. Uh, we lived together for six years before we got married. And I literally realized that I had put that girl I had discovered away and spent the rest of my time paying attention to what he wanted and what, where our lives would go would be on his trajectory. Um, and that's a, you know, a long story short about the issues that were around that. 
Um, so, you know, he uh, has passed on now and I'm in a whole new life uh, with a, a wonderful man and rediscovering that girl again. Yes. And it's phenomenal if you can do this kind of process that we work with to discover the spark that's there. Right. No, you know, and I, I found this space within me that I didn't know existed. I just kind of put that away. Mm-hmm. And um, when that starts coming around, you have all these different issues that pop up, like um, some grief around the loss of who you were and what might have been. Um, so I think right. that happens for all, all of us in different times in our life. Right. We, there, there are. And so as if we were to talk about a couple of things and if we were to, one of, the, one of our themes has been looking at the hero's journey mm-hmm. and bringing that to women. Yes. Because it's been mentored to us from a masculine standpoint. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that we have more words and phrases. We have our perspective, our filter on that. Yes. And so in that hero's journey, we also do, um, so, so we, so, so we're on the path and, we, and we're in a chapter and then that chapter ends and then we start a new one. And it's, and it's what you said, we're, we're coming through, we're looking for something where, and, and we can look back and identify maybe where we were on that on that journey if if we were in that mm, not exactly a poor me but i'm going to do things for other people you know mm-hmm. you've seen that in all the animated stories absolutely and then so we work through a chapter and we come up with a new idea or we come up with a new feeling and we can move on to the next chapter and there is that grief of leaving it and not sure that self-doubt of moving ahead. Do you, do you have a specific example of an ending and a beginning on this journey? Yeah. I, you know, because a lot of us also repeat the chapters (laughs) in a different way, you know, different players, different uh, characters. And so uh, for me, uh, it, it was a, a realization that I had just sort of poured myself out, people pleasing, as you will, uh, trying to avoid. I didn't like confrontation. And I was always so afraid of that. And so I think the big aha for me, and actually it was going through the coaching um, training and going through it myself and, and diving deeper when I kept saying that my heart was broken and I, uh, I, I just felt that I had lost so much of where our marriage could have been as, as he went down the, a dark hole of trying to deal with PTSD and uh, addictions and depression, all sorts of stuff. And then uh, dementia. I was in this place of, oh, dear God, please help me. I can't take it anymore. 
And I think when you finally get to a place of saying, I have no control, mm. you release something because that's when things started to shift, even though I was in dire straits trying to figure things out. Um, this aha awareness of, I am better than that and I deserve better. Yeah. I reached a point of my heart was broken, but it broke open, mm -hmm. ready to receive, mm -hmm. ready to be me again. So, I mean, that's been a process over the last uh, couple few years of really rediscovering that. And, and um, once I did that, the whole world opened up. I discovered this amazing path for me to become a coach yeah, and be coached um, and the process of all of that and opened up to my new relationship, which has been miraculously magical and amazing right. and absolutely loving this new business and um, so passionate about wanting to get this information out and this journey. So, so Sandy, when you, when you came to that point, when you came to that low point or that bottom point in the trough mm -hmm. and said, you know, surrender, that, that takes a lot of courage. You might not have thought of it as courage, but mm -hmm. you looking back, can you see it? Did it take, did you have to be yeah. brave? Was there courage there? Yes, yes. And it took a long time to figure that out, that that, that was there. Because uh -huh. when you're, you know, when these things that have been stuck in you for so long, which really started back when I was a little child, uh, mm -hmm. when you start to see that, uh, the processes, each time you, you, it's like an onion layer upon layer of aha moments. Uh, and you look back at it and you say, well, darn right I had courage. I stood in there and I, I did what I could do. And um, going through the processes that we use in the visualizations and things, that's when I really saw that I could rise up from this little, I'm too small to do anything, too weak to do anything, rise up. And it is that hero's journey when you look at it. It's, it's, you just keep being beaten down and beaten down and taking it and taking it. And eventually, and I, and I don't even mean in a physical way, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing, uh, that eventually enough's enough. And it's usually because you got to help someone else or you're finally tired of yourself being down there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have to go somewhere else than here. But, yeah. along, but along with that realization and along with the courage to start taking those steps, I have found, and I wonder if you have found, that there is courage to feel what you feel. So a lot of times there's mm -hmm. rage in there yes. Yes. from where you've been. It's to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's to another person. Right. Generally in the end, it comes yes. back to yourself. Why didn't I do that? And going through, yeah. but having the courage 
and the bravery to to be able to express that emotion, that rage. Yeah. To that's the mm-hmm. some of our teachers have talked about that, and they talk about that that rage and at ourselves, and then coming into that forgiveness mm-hmm. of, and and surrender right. that we right. sometimes talk about, and mm-hmm. that is. One of the phrases that comes out is heart of a lion. That's our heart of uh-huh. a lion on this journey. Right. That we're right. good enough to see where we need to go, that we want it, that we feel it, and that we can express where we've been. And part of that is that grief that you talked about. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I find that <clears throat> uh, uh, um, several clients and people that I know uh, have trouble going there. They're afraid of what they're going to find. And so using a process to help them literally get down into their body, which didn't make any sense to me or a lot of people. What do you mean in my, my body? But the body keeps the score. In fact, that's a title of a book right. about how everything that we go through, every emotion gets stored somewhere. And our nervous system runs with all of these reactions to things. And we might not even understand why. Like for instance, a woman could get on an elevator and a man could come in and he's wearing a cologne that's exactly like a man in her past, maybe even her father or an ex. And it freaks her out. And she doesn't know why. But Mm -hmm. that smell triggers something. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times when we go, but we don't know what it's for. And when you can take that journey and start looking at what, be curious about it. And so when that happens and you move I call it moving out of your body, but you, mm-hmm. but you go to that old place of what it reminds you of, of that emotions mm-hmm. that are flooding your system. So if you were, were working with someone or working with me and you said, let's work with this and I'm going to ask you to start getting present in mm-hmm. your body. Let's just start getting, what, can you describe that? Can you also tell us? how you bring a person to breathe, to get present in their body. Right. So um, we're usually walking around with a lot of thoughts in our head all the time. And we call it spinning, you know, it's just lots of stuff going on. And to be able to get out of that, the first thing is breathing. To really take a very deep, all the way down, actually holding it, and releasing and I I ask that they just imagine breathing right down into their heart it's as if the heart is breathing and to visualize that into their body breathing deeply and then I actually tell them to feel their feet to think about their feet because grounding and thinking about their feet or the energy of the earth sort of imagining the red lava of the core of the earth coming up and touching the bottom of their feet and anchoring them there even 
seeing a pool of that around their feet and to literally just think about their body parts. And sometimes they still quite can't get there. And I'll just say, well, I know that you can't do it, but if you could, what would you feel? As we're looking for the feeling in the body, where are they registering things? Is it in the gut, for instance? How upset stomach, or nauseous? Is it in the heart? Is the chest beating, or chest? Is the heart beating faster and the and uh, shortness of breath? Any of those things? Where's the physical uncomfort? First of all, lower back pain or neck issues, and then the emotions that might be under that. If that heart could talk to you, what is it saying? And they really still sometimes, okay, let's just keep breathing. Feel your feet again. If you could guess what's under that issue, what do you feel? And a lot of times it's like, um, maybe sadness. Yeah. Uh, the other day a woman said to me, it's anger. She knew, you know, and what happens is if you can just get present even for a second, and if you practice this yourself at home, it's literally just holding that breath longer. You can count, but just breathing it in deeper and deeper. And if you get back in your head again, you just keep breathing. And things will come to you that you hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. you know, like um, the other day, uh, I had some lower back pain and I just was in the shower with the hot water on it beating against that. And I just started talking to the pain <laughs> uh -huh. and then doing a little of what we call tapping at the same time. So, okay, guys, get a picture of that. <laughs> Got water beating against my back and I'm tapping in the shower thinking, okay, it's going to just wash some of my issues away. And I just said, you know, okay, all this pain, all this pain. What's, what is this pain? Now, I know that lodged in that area is fear. Our kidney area holds fear. It's been an issue for me my whole life. I said, okay, fear, what are you trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. And I said, I know you've got my back. And I went, oh, my God, you've literally got my back. But I just kept doing that a little bit and getting down into that, focusing on that precise spot, breathing into it. Okay, fear. This is an old reptilian method, I think from caveman days, and uh, we need a new way. I got this. I'm okay. I got out of the shower without any pain. Wow. So that's a physical thing, but there's a lot of emotional stuff that we deal with all the time. And allowing ourselves to go there. Because if you're in your head and you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe they said that to me. Even if somebody cut you off in traffic, by the end of the day, you've got all this stuff there. And so if you can let go of it, just start breathing. That's the first, the first thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Coming into your body and just noticing, even noticing why you don't want to be there. Right. I don't want to be here. And so then you go, you go out just like you said. Yeah. 
and then come back in and notice mm-hmm. what that is and why you don't want to be there and yes. just with the breath staying there yes. a moment longer. And there's no power in your brain that's going to do it. Uh, we, in our, in our world, especially personal development, we do a lot of upper level thinking, meditation, all sorts of prayer even. And that's great. We need that. We love it. But until we get down, nothing's going to come through. It's blocked. It's stuck there. And we feel these jolts to our system when something that, that energy that's coming up hits a block. Mm-hmm. And it might hit you in your gut or hit you in your heart. And you're trying to keep it down and it's pushing through, pushing through. And until you can get down and look at it and get curious about it. And of course, be in a safe environment, like with a personal coach or in this podcast environment, we are in a sort of a sacred realm for people to open up and be vulnerable and, and allow each other to share things that happen in life. That's right. Yeah, and that's so important. There's so many aspects to this, where we are, how we go look at those shadow pieces, yeah. how we want to be, how, how we get practice. It's, it's that same old adage, be careful what you ask for, because as we, come, <laughs> as we come into the work, the inner work, the emotional inner work, And one of our shadows and one of the big things that we work on is anger. Mm -hmm. We work with that. But, you know, anger takes practice to know how you feel, to let it move, to know how to respond, to understand your own power and control. So not, not pushing it down. There's a fine line between pushing that anger down and not letting it come up and knowing it as a companion. And that mm-hmm. if you need it, it's there. That's right. That can be a long time practice. Yeah, because the other side, there's always the light and the dark. And the other side of that is passion. So, you know, the anger and the passion have the same energy. It's all energy. And uh, I, I am so grateful for the coaches that I've had. Uh, it was um, still during, I think I was just certified as a coach and um, had a one on one where I was encouraged, she said, Sandy, you've got to do that anger tapping. I want you to really go over the top and do that out of bounds, crazy, and have the conversation. Uh, my husband at that time was, was very ill. And uh, the, I don't know, it was probably even a month before he passed. But she said, if you don't do this with this anger, you're going to have a lot harder time grieving. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So she said, have the dialogue. Start to build up the anger at him and, and what you just talk to him. And then yourself and all the anger at yourself. Mm-hmm. You could have, would have, should have, should have been smarter, whatever. And then she said, I think there's some anger at God. And I went, what? <laughs> I'm pretty much the. Um, you know, free will, you know, 
person. And I, I hadn't thought about that, whether it's God or the universe or the force. Uh, she said, yeah. She said, you asked for help and you didn't get it. I went, oh, okay. So I had an opportunity, Kay. Uh-huh. I had in the morning, I could leave him for a short period in the morning. It was a day off and I had caregivers otherwise. And um, I drove over to the store, just, you know, it's five minutes away. And so I started and first of all, I, I, I have a hard time with that, you know, I, and I think a lot of us women, I'm not an angry person. I don't want to get angry. But I got in the car and I started driving away and I just sort of took the side of my hand on the steering wheel and, and used that and started, I couldn't get loud very much at first, you know, mm-hmm. but I started the conversation and got a little bit louder and I'm pretty much like, um, his name was Dennis. So I was like, damn you, Dennis, you didn't get a hold of yourself. You couldn't handle your demons. You couldn't handle your addictions, your alcoholism. And why wouldn't you go get help for the PTSD, blah, 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 blah. I tried to help and you wouldn't, you know, and, ah. so, and I got louder and louder. I look to the right and there's a police car. I look to the left, there's another person at the light and I'm just tapping on my face and I'm sure they're thinking, okay, there's a crazy person in the room, in the car. But got through the light and I was by myself again and actually down Tree Line Street before I got to the store and I got louder. And I'm yelling about myself and, and how blind I was and how, oh my God, and all those things. I'm really going to town. And then I get to the God issue and I got louder than I ever have in my entire life. I mean, I literally was screaming banshee loud, screaming. Why didn't you help me? That kind of stuff. And I feel horrible. This has just been terrible, blah, blah, blah. It's in the space of like five minutes. I mean, it wasn't really long, but I parked the car at the store, turned the engine off, and I swear, the energy was like electricity running from my body, through my feet, all the way. I couldn't put my arms down. I sat in the car with them kind of shaking a little bit. And I just, okay, shake it off, shake it off. And I thought, this is what they're talking about. Oh, my God. That has been lodged in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got home about 10 minutes later, not, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, and I had more patience. Uh-huh. And when you deal with an Alzheimer, or not, and not Alzheimer's, but just dementia, mm-hmm. it's a child. And, and it's like speaking to a little child. And I, I literally had more patience. Now, it didn't mean I didn't have to go off to the sink and wash one dish while I tapped at right. the same time. I'm so frustrated. I just fixed something to eat for him the fourth time in 20 minutes. But it's just, it's a release. And since then, I've done a lot of work around that, around uh, my past and my parents when I was young, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Because as an adult, I take on this well, they did the best they knew how. Well, no, you were a kid and you were missing something. So there's just a lot there to deal with. And when you come through that and you have the passion behind it. Yeah. And what you said, the word courage, I love how the word rage is in it. it that, that hero's journey you talked about, you got to stand up, put your foot down. 
whether it's setting a boundary or doing something really, really courageous. I don't know. I think it's crazy, but it's wonderful. And it's that energy in us and, and through this and through this journey, we do get angry. People do make us mad. We look back, we look back at our parents. The thing that I always talk with my people and my coaches and my clients about is that this is our energy in our nervous system. Mm-hmm. It's reflected on someone else. But as we work with this and as we scream about it and let it move, actually move through our system, mm-hmm so that it can be released or so that we can see it, feel it, acknowledge it. This is our energy. We are not, we are not in a state of complaining. We are not in a state of attacking another person. There's a, there's a perception here that's important. There's an intention here that's important because this is ours. We're doing our work. Mm It has to do with what we've, what we've bought, what we've learned, what we've taken in. It's not a problem. We think it's a problem, but we're not attacking that other person. So as we do this, right, and as you go through that anger, as grief is part of it, and we have the courage, there's another word that I want to start bringing in to this as we go through, not only today, but as we go through later. And that word is resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, this allows us to start working with, and that resilience is really how we want to be. These things happen. We go through them. We need to go through these experiences, have the emotional experience. And now, how do we want to be? What is that choice? Yeah. With resilience, you always have an option. Or more than one option, right? Right. And when you uh, experience this in this way, you, you, you have more space between you and the other person. Um, you could be having an issue with someone at work or in your family, and you do some... Uh, of this work before you see them, mm-hmm. things become more of a conversation than a confrontation. And the other person is totally different. The energy between you is different. It's true. And you'll find, I've, I've seen this over and over again, the people that you didn't really want around you and you were worried, okay, I got to go to this meeting or this gathering and they're going to be there. Suddenly they're on the edge of the room. They're not even coming close to you. It's just bizarre, but you start to open up that energy channel and radiate. Mm -hmm. And we talk about manifesting and that resiliency that we have to manifest. It's not that it's always just coming to you. It's attracted to you. You're a magnet because of this radiating of this energy inside of you. When you get that heavy even the air hurts kind of feeling in the world and you just can't take it anymore. And you can open that up and feel this spectacular energy inside. 
Yes. Your whole world changes and uh, being radiant. That's true. Is powerful. And staying open to that, coming into okay. a mindset, coming into to wanting to be open mm-hmm. to that and see what happens. And I call that, I call that part of the energy magic. Yeah. I find energy magic. Yes. And that's just my, just the way that I describe it. I love and, that. And so what I have heard and am working with is magic is the next thing that wants to happen. So you're open Mm -hmm. to it you're still in control yet you don't have to make something happen you know what you want you know what the intention is Mm -hmm. and if you can get out of your own way to allow that then magic can happen and you're aware of it you're in full full control of you and your choices yeah but you get to see it come through and feel it ah and the and feeling is amazing. And choose it. And when you, um, if you ever get that thing where you're saying, I, I should have this, I should have done that, I could have, I would have. Yeah. That's the inner critic. And when the inner critic is around, you're in your head. <laughs> sure. And if you can recognize that and know that the magic is below. Uh, knowing that the inner critic is there to protect you actually like, Oh, don't go there. You know what happened last time or something. But if you can really recognize it, take that deep breath again and maybe just, okay, where's the magic today? I need the magic. (laughs) Show it to me. Yeah. 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 If you listen, they will speak. That's Uh, the other part of my magic. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I choose to listen, mm-hmm. I'll generally hear something that I can dialogue about. Oh, right. right. Let's negotiate that one. Well, gosh, I um, recently in this last year have been learning more and more about who's speaking, <laughs> uh-huh. all the voices. And in another coaching process, of uh, we were learning to identify, you know, give your voices names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I literally, the last time I checked, I had 16. <laughs> wow. And it's not like you're a multiple personality. Nope. But each of the things, these emotions that come to us uh, have their own identity and they step up. And, and sometimes if we're not paying attention, they're kind of like knocking at the door, like pay attention to me. Yes. And we ignore it, then something else comes. And so it might be some uh, frustration and we push it away and anger comes and we push it away. Well, now self-doubt comes and it's like knock, knock, knock. And what I have learned so to be true, if you don't pay attention to all these voices and start to actually identify them and talk to them, and that this can be a whole... uh, other topic that we spend the entire hour on one day. But if you don't, you know they're stored in your body somewhere. Yes, they're in your head talking to you, but what they're feeling is in your body. Yes. And it's going to show up in some kind of illness 
or injury or some kind of discomfort in some way. And uh-huh. A lot of the women I'm talking to now that I'm coaching, that's where they are. And um, working with other uh, experts for their food and everything else that they need in their wellness, wrapping this emotional fitness into it yes. is how they're coming out of it. Oh my God, it's just so exciting to see. But I, I, I used to tell people years ago, and okay, I'm back in my hairdressing world, and I, I, I would say to women, look, if you don't start paying attention to yourself, your body's going to take you down. Now, I used to think I'd get the flu. And then I started one by one watching them get cancer. Many of them are not here today because they gave and gave and gave, and they weren't listening to those voices. So when you say listen and the answer comes, sometimes it's not so positive. It's like comes at you negative first. But when you grab it and you get curious, it's like, why do I feel this? Then the magic comes underneath mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Because there's always a light side to that dark. There is. And it's that what we talked about a little bit ago is getting present in your body and yeah. being curious, recognizing how you're feeling, knowing how you want to feel, starting to make choices, starting to become more resilient with technique. Yes. And that resiliency again. Tell me more about how you feel about resilience. How do you describe that? I, I really like more in depth on, I mean, I know what I feel when I feel it, but I'd like your analogy. Well, mine mostly comes from background. Mm -hmm. The, The resilience for me is a choice. So when I'm in a, in a low place and I don't really want to be there, I can be present and I can look at that. Yeah, you know what? I'm pissed right now. And no thanks. I don't want to shift. I know it would be a lot more pleasant to shift, but I don't want to take that energy. This is where I am. I want this to flow. I will tend to give myself permission to stay there for five minutes, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. And just giving myself permission to feel it. And then how is it serving me? So I don't analyze it all the time, but I do allow myself just to be there and let it work through my system. Yeah. And then I'll tend to come into more of a neutral place and then I'll notice a shift. Mm -hmm. Last week, it took all week. (laughs) I do have to say. (laughs) I'm always. I do have to say. (laughs) <laughs> it's so shocking when, uh, you know, you do all this work and you're feeling so good and then suddenly, bam. And I, I swear, I, I'm learning so much just this past week. Uh, because last week I had something like that. It, it wasn't that it lasted that long. But it came out so freaking loud. And, yes. I, you know, if I had listened when it started, the little bitty whisper. I could have controlled it. I could have said, okay, I got to sit with this. And I didn't. So when I tried to keep it from coming out, it didn't help. It came out. And, you know, I I was just 
then you shift from, you know, I was in a poor me state and it literally, uh, you know, sounded like a three-year-old. I want to go. I want to do this. And so when that all came out, then it was like, now I'm really embarrassed and ashamed of what I did. Now I got to go through the whole process of clearing that up. Yeah. If you can find that little bit first. Um, and it, and sometimes you do have to sit with it for a lot longer. You know, i particularly for me, there, there's been some waves of grief that'll be like little, mm-hmm. just little kind of calm waves. And then just recently a big one hit and I had to sit with that. Mm-hmm. And I thought I would through it. And then I was actually with a coach of mine and had to spend that whole time with that again. Yeah. Um, and wow, you know what she came up with? She came up with that courage and that hero that you're talking about today. And I went, oh my gosh, she was there. She was the one who wanted to be recognized, that part of me that was so courageous for all of those years, just needed to be acknowledged. Yeah. So um, that's what we mean by curious, right? When you can, like, something comes at you one way, can be totally different than what you think it is. That's true. And and all of this for me is a dance. Mm. It's a dance and I'm learning the steps. Yeah. And sometimes I flow nicely and sometimes I even flow with all that's happening. It's very, it's valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Last week was valuable mm-hmm. to me and it, it is a dance. Yeah. It's finding the gift behind the pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and a lot of time we're like, what do you mean by that? How can there be a gift here? That's and, right. Uh, there is. <laughs> There's always for a gift. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I know for me, I would not be where I am today without that whole journey. And particularly the last several years of that journey. No, I'd never <laughs> be where I am today. Feeling the joy. <laughs> right. So Sandy, thank you. We are going to have to get into more of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have more questions for you. We'll go back and forth. This is the beginning of us working through this, dialoguing. This is our, what we call our Kay and Sandy empowerment channel. And on this empowerment channel, this is where we, this is where we boldly guide women, people, Men, through the transformation of owning their power. It's going to take on a lot of faces. Ah, that's brilliant. I but love it's that. our endeavor to guide people through this. Mm-hmm. This was fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing today. You're so welcome. I love sharing. Yes. Good. All right. Until next time, we'll sign off. Through the transformation (laughs) of owning our power. Own it. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Hi, it's Kay again. I just wanted to say thank you for joining Sandy and me on the podcast for Our Empowered Voices. Right now you can find us on Facebook at Our Empowered Voices. Please leave us a comment. We would love to connect with you. Bye for now.